Self. Through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. This next part of the conversation begins with myself walking into the studio and discussing a discomfort that I had with Alexander that day. This subject proved to be too long for one episode, and so it will continue on in the next episode. Our discussion led into aspects of the philosophy, such as acceptance, identifying our needs and wants, and how important it is to consider the cost of our wants to help us decide if moving forward is in our best self-interest. So now let's continue the conversation. So Alexander, this morning, uh, before we started recording, I came in and I wanted to talk to you about a few a few issues I was having this morning on the way here. One, I woke up with a slightly sore neck on, my, on the back of my neck on the left-hand side. And then also I have this continuation with being frustrated because I feel like I never have enough time to do anything. And I know this, <laughs> um, a lot of it is, a lot of my awareness comes from um, being exposed to this kind of philosophy and, and being around you and um, or at the sound journeys when you're talking as well as our friendship. And uh, for the last, I guess it's been a year and a half now. And uh, so learning all of the things to look at I guess in a way has trained me to be more aware at the things going on in my life. It's just that I don't obviously have all the perceptions that you do. So that's why I've been able to know something's off and be able to start watching it. But then I obviously come to you whenever I need, uh, <laughs> I guess a dissection of what my data is that I've, that I've right, come to. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the way that we uh, can utilize each other you know uh hopefully as we move forward and continue to to evolve is uh to see that we all have different strengths and different weaknesses and it's not a weakness to ask for help or a different really just perspective is uh what i'm offering you and everyone uh, is just a consider this uh, type thing because we want everyone you included uh to really find the answer for yourself. It's not about, we're not here to answer everyone's questions. We're really here to help people to learn to ask the right question. And, uh, you know, we talked on another segment about the word why. And I just had a client this morning that we got on that same thing about why, because she was experiencing frustration. And then I said, why is the first word that comes up in it? Why are they like this? Why is this happening? And she was like, yeah, I drive myself crazy with that. And I go, you know, only use that why internal. It's an exhausting energy external. And so our last segment, you know, was was around that. Um, so when we when we looked at these different perspectives, so, such as something as uh, minuscule or um, big as the like neck discomfort, that has many different levels to it. And it's not that 
I'd like to change it from like just focusing on the solution and what will make it feel better, uh, but to expand that into what have I done to help create or manifest this and to not do those things in the future. So part of that is uh, recognition. And so we can become aware of something, like you said earlier, that you're aware of what you're doing that helps create this, but we're caught in a pattern or we're caught in a habit, uh, habitual behavior to continue to do it. And But the observation stage is very, very important, and it's one that most people rush through. And so if you can take the observation stage to catch yourself when you're doing something habitual that you want to change, and then instead of disciplining yourself or being upset at yourself, just continue to watch yourself go through that motion and just go, I'm just going to watch myself doing this, and I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be accepting of this. Then as you do that just a few times and being accepting of it, you the urge to change or the urge to fix that becomes more neutral because acceptance makes everything come closer to that neutral state. And this is where I come back to uh, learning to be in non-preference, and we'll have uh, a deep discussion about that uh, later on. So so learning to, um, and with the stuff that we were talking about your neck earlier, you brought up that uh, you watching some some numbers and uh, some type of uh, currency trading uh, type stuff that you're playing around with and noticing that we got into discussion about your attachment, your emotional attachment to it and how it seemed like, you know, every time you, the more you get attached to the outcome, it, it doesn't turn out well. And then we discussed that you do experience, you know, both um, so-called positive results from that attachment and so-called negative. Yeah. And, and there are like, there were so many different levels of our conversation. So I would like to try to get back to each yes. segment and, and not forget. But I, I did want to say that having or knowing you and having this philosophy that, that um, allows like, for instance, when I have an issue, I come to you and you offer some insight on it through your experiences. And I'm able to then expedite the process because if I'm already watching myself and being aware of when it happens, the next step is to try to find out like, why am I mm-hmm. doing this? And, and like, what, what are the causes and what else could be happening in my life that have led to those causes? And I feel like a lot of people get stuck there because they don't know where to go. And I know before I met you, I was on like the quote self help kick and I could not find there, there's so many out there and it's so hard to know what is, you know, which one's right. And none of them, at least in my search, nothing laid out a full philosophy that had a foundation where you could go back to it. And any issue you have, there's a foundation there that you could essentially figure it out yourself after a lot of experience and, and learning about the pillars and really concentrating and meditating on them and really understanding them as a whole, eventually you can pretty much draw your own conclusion going back right. to them. But I think just having you in my life has expedited that for me. And I'm hoping that this is what this podcast will do for everybody else is give them 
situations, and I don't mind using myself in a lot of examples, um, which I will get into why I think I have a neck ache after, after you told me it was the back of my throat chakra. And because through these examples where you're actually seeing a real person experience something secondhand and then seeing a perspective on why that happened, you could then either use other people in your life where, you know, all around you that you see them having examples and observe, or if you have the gift to then look at yourself and see examples of stuff happening and then be able to to draw conclusions from that based on what we discuss. Yes, yes. and one thing that I'd like to add with that is one of my uh, teachers that I respect very much taught me to learn to learn from those around you what not to do rather than always searching for those to tell you what to do. And if you can use people and stay out of non-judgment, stay in non-judgment and acceptance and compassion, then when you see someone doing something that is not working or is causing uh, discomfort for someone else or something like that, you can reflect on that and use that information to, you know, help you in your process of evolving uh, to not always have to touch the fire to know that the fire is hot. And this was really the subject that we uh, got on to when you first came in because it was, you were saying, I feel like I have to have the experience and like, and go through it to truly understand it. And so you worded it a little bit better. Would you like to elaborate on that and kind of get your thought process behind that? Yes, Alexander. So with me being a three as my primary number in the human design, like you were just talking about seeing everybody else as your teacher, and sometimes people can see that. And and there are some times where I can see that. I can see people go through things. But most of the time, I need to experience something myself. And we were talking about how maybe the situation to where I can just observe something and learn the lesson is something that I've already learned or just needed a reminder of. But most of the time when I see a situation where I probably need, where there's probably a lesson there, I have to jump in and put emotion into it for whatever reason. And I don't know whether that's good or bad. Um, And once I learn the lesson there, being emotionally, you know, creating that attachment to an outcome then I'm able to quickly realize the lesson there and I'm able to then see the situation as a whole as I back out. And then I can, you know, it's almost like a when you're kind of zooming into Google Maps and you're like kind of stuck in the situation, you can't see, like maybe you're zoomed into like Indiana and you can't see the other states. But once, you, once I learn the lesson there or I see it for what it is, I'm able to then zoom out and see how it relates and connects to everything else. And then I kind of learn that lesson and I never really need to go through that again because I never put myself in that situation again. Right, but you would you be in agreement to say that uh, when you're doing that zooming out to get that, like, stepping out, that's normally after some negative repercussion, uh, which elicits a negative emotion. And so would you consider that it could be more uh, useful to be able to get that wider vision without having to experience that negative emotion because there's a there's an association here that we don't have to have the full negative experience to learn the information that's in the in the lesson 
Yeah, and and we we did talk a little bit about that, but maybe you can go into more detail about how a three could do that because in human design, the three is something that gets attracted to those types of situations. They're always in like the next best thing, and every time you talk to them, because I know that I've had some threes in my in my life, um, so and which obviously is like a mirror for myself because I know this about myself where there'll be something like it could be like the v, you know being you know, vegan, vegan and I'll be vegan for like two or three weeks and uh, and like while I'm being vegan I'm telling everybody oh it's like the greatest thing you know you have to do it I feel so great and then the next time they they see me they're like hey you still vegan I'm like uh no mm-hmm. you know I'm on you know now I'm doing the blood type right. diet and that seems to be working out so I mean, I don't know what it is, and, and so I don't know if that's a if that's a more a three thing, or if there are other profile num- numbers that could also, or um, any other types of people that could that could also experience that, or maybe you can go into more detail on like a broader scale. Yeah, and you've got the double whammy here because you have the uh, the three in the human design with the three five profile, and then you have the three as well in the the card system, uh, the three of diamonds. So those threes represent something slightly different in those two systems, although they carry a similarity. So the three is is an artistic number, and it, in the human design, it also carries the restlessness. Uh, so, and, and in the cards, five carries more of the restless energy. Uh, so you do have the three, five in the profile, so it's still kind of sharing that. Uh, that's kind of the way those two systems cross-reference. So that restlessness is what seeks for that new excitement um for that new uh, pleasure um for that new interest and then as soon as it's seen it wants to be experienced it wants to stick their toe in and it wants to go like full force into it but that is stepping off without any view of the cost of it so i like to say people of your design this is what they are designed to do but it's very similar to uh, a warrior can get trained in in killing tactics and survival tactics, but then they can go and put themselves in that situation without any uh, tools, without any uh, armor. So there's always a way to use your skill set and your design in a more what I like to call conscious way or uh, a more less damaging or less costful way. So with recognizing that that interest is there, to stay in that excitement because See, the the slower that we dissipate that energy, the longer it lasts. So this this comes into like any kid that, you know, just gobbles up candy like right away. And hopefully as time goes on, we learn to refine our taste and one little piece of chocolate can do for us what a whole bar used to do. So this is once again just becoming a connoisseur of life. I almost like that word connoisseur better than consciousness. So to realize that, I don't see this clearly, whatever I'm stepping into. That's just always the first fact. I am excited. So Rumi says we should question what we want. So as soon as we have a want, we have to accept that I am not seeing this clearly. So let me just pause and still stay in this excitement, stay in that good feeling and that belly being warm and and so excited about it. Then we might be useful to bring in the polarity and to just visualize without creating, but visualize through non-preference the possible cost of this venture. And so if this venture hypothetically is skydiving, 
then to have that thought and the realistic understanding that this is a life-threatening uh, event, that's just a fact. That doesn't mean that any fear has not been evoked at this point. That's just a fact. There are many variables in this experience that could go wrong. That doesn't mean they're going to go wrong, but I'm going to accept all of those areas. Still, there's no fear. And then I'm going to feel, is this a a good um, event for me to be part of today at this time, as specific as possible, but still working to stay out of non-preference because just because you don't do it today doesn't mean you're never going to do it. But timing's very important. Right time, right place, right person, right duration. What you're going to hear is coming back to that over and over and over. So uh, this is about making decisions in your life outside of your want system. And this is bringing it back to be, being concerned for the overall good of everyone involved. And that's what all of this system always comes back to. So if you can visualize the potentials and then you feel still feel safe, you don't carry any fear, then it's a good time to take a step and be work at being in that juice every step of the way rather than having a projected outcome of a goal, whether it's uh, uh, making money or or putting another notch on your adrenaline belt or whatever it is. The more, uh, the more that want is, the more the cost is going to be. Yeah, so for example, I recently got into the cryptocurrency market and some of you out there may know what that is. Many probably don't yet because it's still pretty new. But I love numbers and I love statistics and I love money because I'm a diamonds. So it's like the perfect storm for me. And so I think what you just said, Alexander, about knowing the cost, I'm, I think I'm pretty good at doing that in most situations, especially when it comes to situations where I could die. Um, like I wouldn't go skydiving. I don't know. I may have gotten some of that paranoia from my, from my mom who was very paranoid about things like that. So I'm safe from those things. So when, when things are safe, sometimes I bypass that and I'm just like, okay, well, I'm going to put some money in. I understand I could lose it, but sometimes I give myself more credit. You know, I'm probably smarter than the average person. I'm probably not going to lose it, but I'll be very careful. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's easy for me to justify, you know, I'll just put a little money in there and try it. Or sometimes I even like read up on it. Uh, But most of the time I need to do it myself. I need to jump in, do it myself, learn every, you know, because sometimes you can't learn everything about something until you're in that position where you have to, you know, in order to continue being where you are. So in this situation, what we're talking about, and this goes back to my sore neck is I got involved with a certain coin and uh, long story short, I was in this chat room and we all had the same goal with the coin. Obviously, it's to raise, you know, we want the price to go up. So we're all not going to sell. We, we have this idea where if we all, whoever buys it is into this idea, we don't sell it. And then the supply becomes limited and the price goes up. And the more the price goes up, the more people want it but the supply is limited. So the price is only going to keep going up. And so the idea is there, but I felt that at one point people didn't have the focus that I thought they had to. And I could see that the price was going to go down 
And the community was uh, not very happy with me because they pride themselves on being just positive. And, and if you say anything negative, they call it FUD. And I can't exactly remember what that means. But basically, it's you're being negative and they don't want any negativity. So they like kind of lashed out on me and basically said that they didn't want to hear it. And so I kind of just shut down and I was like, okay, well, I got my message. I'm not going to say anything. And then a little while later, the coin, you know, dropped half in value. So when when I walked in today and told Alexander that, you know, I kind of had this like pain in my neck and I woke up an hour before I really got up because I went back to sleep and I didn't have it. And so in that last hour was when something happened and, and I have like a knot in my neck. He said, oh, and that's the back of your throat chakra. So I immediately went inside and was like, hmm, where was I not speaking my truth? And so what immediately came to my mind was this situation that happened, uh, I think it was like two days ago, was where I was kind of shut down from, from speaking my truth, where I was really just trying to help because I'm, I'm there for the best interest of the coin, which benefits everybody. And I, I would hope that we're all in it together, but I kind of got backlash when I was trying to just bring something that I was seeing and, and they saw it as a negative thing. And it could have been the way I was presenting my but that wasn't your intention no, in any no, way, No, definitely form. not. And again, and, and again like, we're over like a chat room, so it's not, you know, that brings some difference in where like text can be, you know, read as different uh, differently for different mm-hmm. people. So again, uh, not only being heard, but being misunderstood. And that, like we've talked about before, that I have a hard time when, when somebody misunderstands me and like, I got... I had the purest intentions and I know so many people go through this as well because I know like like, mothers, they only want the best for their children. And so many times that this happens where they only have the best intentions and children. It's been a huge challenge through my path as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, And anybody that's been in public service or, you know, here to be of service uh, normally gets that, you know, nurses are in that a lot they're just there to help and they you know they get uh, backlashed and pushed away and cursed at and all types of things so uh, it is part of that process and and uh, part of that that I was bringing up around that neck is lots of times the the emotion associated with that is guilt so looking at um, the time that you took you know this morning to lay back down and then when you woke up uh, like if you felt like, no, that time was well spent or no, that was good. Or if there was a, a feeling of guilt or I should all already be moving, I should already be somewhere, I should already be being constructive. Uh, that's all playing into this. So it's, it's, it's connected to uh, – that's why sometimes the energetic release, of course, doesn't show up until days later because the physical body is the most dense. So – we can feel something uh, on an energetic or emotional level, but it still take days or weeks or months or years even for it to manifest in the physical. That's why it can be very confusing. That's why I like to say, hey, let's look at all of these angles simultaneously. You think it's just a physical thing that maybe if not, not you per se, but most people just have a physical ache and they just want something to relieve the pain. But it's let's see what, you know, uh, what led up to this. Um, yeah, let me add, because, you know, my first thought when I woke up with the, with the neck ache was like, man, I, you know, I must be hovering over the computer in a weird way. But I had been, you know, I've been doing this for, for a week or so, you know, working hard on, on the computer on, on a web project. And 
it never happened then. So the I think the average person would always go back to the physical and be like, ah, you know, I was just sitting there, you know, just bent over the computer for too long or something. And and maybe that was true, but there's a reason why I was tense there right. that kind of led yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah, because see, the physical body can handle different strains uh, depending on the, the looseness or the tenseness of the muscle. And so that's why stress is such a killer because it, it tenses us up. And then we go and do something and we don't have the flexibility for the, the muscles to just do what they're designed to do. So this is my hypothesis of, you know, athletes that can have like even a, a career ending injury that visually just doesn't look like any big deal. Like a football player that's taken a hit, you know, a hundred hits worse than that, but this one knocked him out or a basketball player or whatever. It still comes back to like what they um, like emotional state had they been in within the last three days or 72 hours or so. That's what I like to look for is that three day swing, um, because that is going to have a play a part on how the emotion affects the energy field, how it affects the physical body and what is contracted and which is going to create injuries where something needs to be loose and flexible. Um, so that's why things like yoga and and massages are really good because it is the act of releasing that energy in the physical yes. that's been stored yes, up. Yes, and actually, you know, feeling, because lots of times that'll be uh, uncomfortable to work on loosening those muscles, and and it's a reminder, hey, you know, pain is a great teacher and a great reminder. Um, so, uh, you know, I've had wonderful teachers to say, you know, don't don't run from pain. But we are a culture that that's what we've been taught is to run from anything uncomfortable. And and I'm here to say, you know, learn to make love with the friction because that's where the, the wellness and the healing is really at. And um, and then once we go through that discomfort then we have learned the lesson of, hey, let's not put our body, our energy field, our emotions through all of that. So that's why our this work isn't about suppression of emotions. It's about respecting the emotions and giving them their due, but also uh, teaching them that they're not they're not running the show, but they're very much part of the show and they're welcome to be here. So I just like to visualize it that all emotions are just like little children. And then consciousness is like the parent that is looking over all of the children and that we accept that the children are going to jump up, the children are going to throw temper tantrums, the children are going to do what they do. But the role of the consciousness or the conscious parent is to soothe that child and ask them to please uh, accept their place. And then they're not here to, to run or direct the room. They're just here to be part of the room, part of the experience. So it's not a matter of suppression. It's not a matter of disciplining. It's communication. And so as we learn to communicate with ourselves, it reflects externally with how we're communicating with others and vice versa. Uh, that's just a great mirror to know how we're doing with ourselves as to how we are able to communicate with those around us. And I think you were leading up to it uh, a little bit ago. But talk about how physical pain or when it gets to the physical is really when it's like at, at the final stage. Yeah, this is a uh, new German medicine concept that I learned many years ago. And uh, it's still 
open for observation uh, from my perception. But one of the ways that they approach healing is uh, that when it is in the physical body, they consider that it's in the final stage of the healing because it's the most dense stage. So when someone gets cancer or something like that, uh, they actually go, great, it's at the final stage of the healing. And after you get rid of it at this stage, you know, you'll be through the whole process. And that changes the whole way that that patient leaves that interaction and approach to their healing process as opposed to how it's presented here in the in the U.S. typically um, by doctors. And I've had more than my share of experience with that. So I happen to, you know, feel that that is the case um, some of the time. Uh, there are no absolutes. So, uh, so yes, I think it's useful to, to use that concept and to realize that that is a possibility. But at the same time, I don't feel that that is always the case because um, sometimes a physical uh, – some people will say that, like, if you break your arm, that that happened, there's a message in that. And, of course, it depends on whether it's left arm and or right arm or what bone it is. There's a lot of information, and I work with people to help dissect that. But you still have to – you can get the arm in a cast, and you can heal that bone – but if you don't go back and make sure that the, the emotional part was, was healed, more than likely there's going to be another situation that comes up um, that it may not be the same break at the same area, but it could be come through arthritis. It could come through uh, uh, many different types of illnesses that show up. So that's why, you know, I just happen to feel that it's useful to to look at when we do have a physical um, issue, to look at it both, you know, through the mental vision, through the emotional vision, through the energetic vision, uh, all these different uh, levels to make sure that we're learning the lesson while we're working with uh, comforting the physical body. Yeah, and there's nothing that could be lost by by just thinking about it. You know, even if you can't think of anything, um, I mean, at least you're practicing your awareness of your body and of your past and of your emotional state to see if there's some connection there. So, so even just kind of teaching yourself to have that level of awareness to go back and, and think, okay, well, if I'm really interested in healing and becoming the best person I can and becoming conscious and have better relationships, then it's in my best interest to start practicing this level of awareness with your your physical and emotional state. Yes, yes. And, and part of the process of this podcast and this information is to uh, complete this, I call it a 360-degree view, to where you're viewing the, the events and the people that come into your life uh, from a very wide view as opposed to, like, what we want from that person. See, if you don't have an agenda, uh, if you don't have an expectation – if you're not looking at the outcome, then that's when you can truly be in the present moment and accept everything for the way that it is. But if any of that's there, if there's a want, if there's an agenda, if there's a, a focus on the, the end result, then all of that changes the energy of the whole experience. Then the emotional part comes or the result comes to whether you so-called got what you wanted or didn't get what you want. But lots of times people will sacrifice the process for that end result, and it's just basically gambling 
to see if the if you're going to win or if you're going to lose. And so people take different levels of those chances rather than uh, focusing on enjoying every step of the process and allowing it to develop as it will develop. Um, there's many different ways to manifest, and we'll get into to the different types and how they all do these uh, this differently. But Aaron and I just happen to be the, the same type, um, so that's why we can uh, share some similar stories and that type of thing. Yeah, so circling back to having an attachment to outcomes. So in the situation I was speaking about where I was in the chat room and, and they told me to stop talking about what I was talking about, my, my, I guess my attachment there right at that point was that I wanted to be heard um, because I felt like I had the best interest of the group. And then I, I guess my result <laughs> that I wanted to happen was that they would then be like, okay, yes, you're right. Well, we'll take care of it. Um, but then zooming out to the big picture, my attachment to investing in that coin and being a part of that community was to obviously make money. But then what we were talking about before, and we can get into because I think it's, it goes real deep, is I feel like every time I put all this emotional energy into something, it just never works out. And this even goes to what something we were also talking about, you know, months ago where being a generator, you know, it was just a theory that you had, but I've also noticed this pattern being a generator where generators are supposed to put constant energy in motion and work towards their goal where that's their way of quote manifesting something into fruition. So I've noticed that if I put all this emotional energy into something like if I invest in this coin and and I and I'm like come on coin come on and I like wish it and I'm like just make me some money it just never happens so so and today I asked you I'm like what about everybody else that is also in that coin you know how come their energy isn't overriding mine why am I always determining the outcome of this coin or at least it seems like it to me so then we we got on like okay well Maybe everybody who has to learn this type of uh, lesson is in that coin or, you know, or different aspects of that lesson because not everybody's getting the same exact different, lesson different as me. Different levels but, of the yeah, lesson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so why don't we get, get on uh, that part where we talk about how being attached to something on such an emotional level uh, isn't, is usually not the way to go about it. Yeah, because there's a difference between intention and expectation and so when you have a want as soon as you have a want you create an expectation that means that you have just signed up to experience the so-called positive of that experience and the so-called negative now that doesn't mean that you're going to experience them the same day uh, even the same year uh, potentially even the same lifetime if people follow that or generations of the family because some things if people will notice through family lineage uh, similar illnesses or similar gains or losses will happen skipping generations uh, and sometimes it'll skip a generation and then the same disease or the same uh, even beneficial outcome can happen and we can say oh this happened you know to your great-grandfather and blah 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 so whether you follow the past of past lives or family lineage, um, it's just different languages, but it results the same uh, from an energetic standpoint. So that it is very useful to uh, do everything you do with the purest of intention. 
to set up dominoes that are going to fall, there still takes that simple intention of that first push for that first domino to fall to create the rest of them to fall. But one should be happy whether if they set up 500 dominoes, if just 250 of them fall and then there's one that fails, that could ruin someone's experience of that. When all they've got to go and do is one more simple push and then they get 250 more dominoes to fall. Now, some people may say, well, that's not the objective. Well, it may just not have been a, the time uh, for all 500 of them to fall. But if they would be happy with the 250, then the next time they set up the 500, they might fall. Or that person may have to set up 500, 500 times before they get one of those to fall. And all I'm saying is consider the amount of attachment to the outcome to play a role in that. But when we just set our intention and we trust that if it's in divine order or if it's meant to be, then it will work out and we stay in a neutral space, then we will find, I'm not saying that it will always work out. What I'm attempting to say is that the cost will be much, much less. And if the cost is less, then we have more energy to put toward so-called a uh, beneficial intention or direction. Because the focus here is all on how we are uh, losing our energy. Anybody, even the most basic farmer, will let you know that if he feels good and he has a lot of energy, then his work is easier. So anytime we can uh, save energy going through a process, it's going to benefit the project. Yeah, so so in my experience, I put a lot of wishing or expectation energy into this coin or investment and where I believe it's going to yield something. So, but it's, it's all that energy of like hope, that hope energy. And, and I know hope it is important in the human experience, but it does yield some misbelief. Like it's almost, it can get to like a belief system where you, you're like hope, hoping something's going to happen. So you start believing that it is going to happen. And then when you get into belief, a lot of times you start to suspend your, your sense of logic. Okay, so with that, I'd like to interject here and say, what if we added something to that hope? And just, uh, I hope this works out, or um, I wish this to be the case. If we extended that to say, I hope that this works out if it's for my highest good, or I hope that this works out if it's for the highest good of everyone involved, then to me that changes that from such a personal want to a more of a trusting. So see that I don't feel like there's anything wrong with hope, but it's what kind of hope is it? Is it selfish? Then it's going to have more of a cost. Is it trusting? Then it's probably going to have a different uh, flavor to uh, to the trusting one. Yeah, and, and to me, to me, I mean, you didn't say that earlier, but to me, that makes it all much, all that much better because it goes back to pillar one, which is everything is in divine order. So if you subscribe to that, I'm not saying that you're kind of giving up your free will, but you're saying almost like you're a servant to good and you, you only want what is best for you. So if learning this lesson is, is best for you and is going to help you some point down the road where maybe 
something else could have happened to you, but because you learned this lesson, you gut it, that it's not going to, and you can like kind of bypass or skip that or, or may not have it or suffer mm-hmm. as much because you've already learned some of the suffering. So, I mean, with you saying it that way, I mean, it, it puts a whole new light on it because, because with investing all that emotional energy into it of that hope and want, like you were saying, you get that polar opposite. So if your expectation does not yield in the way you expected it to, then you get that opposite emotion, which is like, like the opposite of hope is like despair. So you're like, man, you know, why does this happening again? And then once you go down that road, yeah, open the wide door, you know, and then, and then, and then uh, you're, you know, you're probably leading, uh, you're taking that energy into, you know, like what's your next investment? Then you're, then you're going to have doubts about your next investment. So, so you're just carrying that energy over and over throughout your, all your investments where if you're saying, you know, if this isn't the good of everybody or the, you know, the good, the higher good of my life path or my lessons, then this will happen. Well, obviously there's a reason why you're doing it. So if you're surrendering and open to learning based on how it turns out, then there, there's no right or wrong. There's no cost yeah, there. And this is very similar to someone saying, I want to have a bodybuilder's body, but I never want to be sore. I don't want to experience any discomfort, but that's what I want. And what I'm saying is this, this hope is you can have that body. Are you willing to pay this cost? Sure. That doesn't have to be negative. The cost doesn't have to be negative because when it's accepted, there's no negative to it. And lots of times there's a difference between, and we'll get into this later, acceptance and condoning. Just because I accept the way someone is does not mean that I condone their actions or condone the results that they've got in their life. But in order to be useful to the situation, the very first thing that I have to do is accept that person or that situation for exactly the way that it is. And the only way that I can do that is if I'm in completely non-preference, non-judgment. And there's been many teachers that have just simply said, judge not. There was no stipulations around it. It was real simple. Don't judge. So this is a way to still um, stay true to your values and one's own belief systems while being considerate and um, open to like where everyone else is around you. Because we help and we change people through example, not through words. There's so many words and so many teachings and so many teachers, so many books. We're in the information age. There's no shortage of information. There's a shortage of examples. So if you love the people that you love, then set the example. And the way that energy works is... It's uh, resonance, uh, things that resonate come closer together. So the more that you resonate and bring those energies closer together, the easier it is to manage the friction uh, as it comes. So acceptance is a big part of this, and the difference between um, intention and expectations is huge. So we can go into like a project with expectations of the outcome or we can go into it with an intention that I'm going to learn something one way or another here. And if I have too much of a preference, then I might not want to stick my toe into this because the reward could be huge or the reward could be very bad, the cost rather. 
So, so just working to stay in that in uh, that that phrase non-preference is a very wide subject. So the more that we bring it up, because if we have that same view that like even if something gets taken from us or stolen from us, we have the right to either get angry, uh, try to get even. Um, go steal something ourselves to to get that money back, or to simply accept that maybe somebody needed that worse than I did. Not get into the the mental justification of it all, but to live in that acceptance. Once again, I accept that that happened. I don't condone that action. Therefore, I'm not going to react out of it because any reaction is condoning it, even uh, a forceful reaction against it. Because opposites and polarity keeps things growing. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The information in this podcast has been developed over 20 years by Alexander in his observation of his personal life, private practice, and professional environments. This information is meant for educational purposes only and is not suggested as a replacement for traditional therapies or medications. As a matter of fact, we suggest to not believe any of this information, nor any of the information out there in the world. Remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We are looking forward to continuing to provide this information through this platform, and if you are drawn to support us, you can do so by the following. Sharing is caring. Share the podcast with like-minded individuals. Emotional responsibility and energetic wisdom can save the world. If you are drawn to support us, Monetarily, you can do so by visiting our patron page where you can make a monthly donation in exchange for exclusive Wise Wise perks. You can do this by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Next, you can head over to Alexander's website where you can book private consultations in person, by phone, or on Skype, Find out more information on his live performances, class schedules, products, including birth chart analysis reports and music, and check out more information on his sound therapy tables. To do so, you can visit vibrotune.com, V-I-B-R-O-T-U-N-E.com. Finally, if you have been searching your entire life for consciously created apparel featuring the WiseWise Wise logo apparel, Alexander theme clothing, or other alternative perspective designs, you can head over to Verity's Apparel, where you can find all that and more. That is veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. We want to thank you for being part of this journey.